Open your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7. This is the final warning before the plagues begin. God gave Moses this sign back in chapter 4 of the staff turning into a snake. Now, Moses gets to use it in front of Pharaoh. Exodus 7, beginning at verse 8. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh. Let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, help us to pay attention to this sign. Help us not to let our credentials slip. Lord, give us the grace to listen. Free us from distraction. Help us to see your mighty wonders that your power is equal to any situation, even the most dire in human terms, is one in which you're in charge. So teach us to trust you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One final sign, one final warning. It doesn't harm anyone before the plagues begin. That's what this scene is. And it's a promise as well. God will offer you enough evidence to show you that it's really Him. So God gives this invitation to Pharaoh to turn around. He offers this promise. Pharaoh, it's really me. I'm really speaking to you through Moses and Aaron. God's credentialed prophets overcome Egypt's magic, showing God's persistence in offering mercy, and it makes no difference to Pharaoh. So we'll understand this passage in terms of credentials. God is saying to Moses and Aaron, here's your credentials. Show a sign for yourselves. This will show that you are really where you claim to be from, from God. And the credentials are given and then duplicated and rejected. But God nonetheless vindicates himself as the snake swallows up the other snakes. Well, most of you, I hope, have seen one or two of the film versions of this scene. I watched all the ones I could find as part of my research, reading commentaries on the text. What's fascinating about this is how the directors can't resist the temptation to jazz it up, to dramatize the scene uh, to the point of, in the Prince of Egypt film, literally turning it into a song and dance number with the snakes twisting back and forth and the magician singing, you're playing with the big boys now. 
None of that is here in the text. In fact, our text deliberately goes the other way and quashes whatever drama is inherent in this scene. Why is that? Well, drama means uncertainty. How's it going to end? Well, we know how it's going to end. Pharaoh is not going to believe, right? That's what verse 13 tells us. As the Lord had said, that's the ending of this. This was oh so predictable. From Moses and Aaron's point of view, it was about as exciting as watching somebody pull up to the gas pump, get out, open the gas cap, pay, put the, put the nozzle in, fill it up, put the lid back on, and drive away. We knew how this was going to end before we even started. No song, no dance, no, is Pharaoh going to believe? Is Moses' sign going to convince him? God already said it wouldn't convince him. So what's the point? Well, part of the point is to say, God has this situation all sewed up in a bag. God knows exactly what's going to happen here. And it's not going to be favorable to God's side. And that's no big deal. Don't freak out when it appears that the Almighty lost this one. He knew what was coming. He called it. He is still in charge. What's the, what's the deeper meaning? Well, God gives His messengers credentials which the world attempts to imitate. God gives us, as His people... A sign that says, here's something that proves you're really from me. And the world, of course, attempts to duplicate that and thus say, nope, not really from God. Anybody can get that credential. The drama, in other words, lies not in whether God's sign is real, but in the world's attempts to discredit it. God gives a God-given credential, and the world comes up with various ways of trying to Get around that, trying to discredit that, trying to say, nope, I don't have to believe that credential because at the end of the day, that credential is not strictly and exclusively something that could come from God. So what's our credential as Christians? Well, we read it in John 13. Our credential is that we love each other. That's how the world knows that we belong to Jesus. Moses' credential was that he could turn the staff into a snake. Throw it on the ground and it will become a snake. Our credential is that we love each other. In both cases, the world is going to come along and say, anybody can duplicate that. You and the church don't love each other any more than people in any other organization love each other. So we'll talk about that. God gives credentials in order to evoke faith and show himself as genuine and trustworthy. He doesn't give credentials for drama or for entertainment or to produce song and dance numbers so that Pharaoh and everybody else can sit back and gasp and say, wow, this is impressive, this is entertaining, this is spectacular. 
And the text deliberately doesn't go in for that. Hence, throughout the book of Exodus, not a word about Egypt's monumental architecture, not a word about how impressive the background is, nothing like the sun was red and low over the desert when Moses never says anything about that stuff because what's important is not the spectacle, the sets, the cast of thousands. What's important is God's identity. Who is the Lord? And he shows us that he's the one in charge, even when it looks like he's losing. And he shows us that though our credentials might be questioned and even duplicated, quote-unquote, by the world, the world actually can't do it. God will vindicate his saints. So Moses and Aaron hear God's message, and they go in and do exactly what God said. Throw down the rod before Pharaoh and his servants, and it becomes a serpent. Now, magnificent enough in one sense, right? I have power as a servant of God over this piece of wood. I can turn it into a living creature, a snake. That is something that an unaided human being can't do. Therefore, Pharaoh, you should believe that I'm here on behalf of Yahweh God. But there's more to the sign than just that because the serpent was a well-known symbol adopted by the pharaohs. Pharaoh, of course, would be sitting there wearing his royal crown. And what's on the front of his crown or his headdress? Well, it's a coiled-up cobra with its mouth open, thrust forward. Pharaoh has this cobra on his head as the symbol of Egypt. And for Moses and Aaron to march in and say, we can take the snake by the tail and do whatever we want with it is, well, makes a pretty strong symbolic statement. In his commentary, Phil Riken comments that it's roughly equivalent to walking into the Oval Office with a bald eagle and then wringing its neck. Alexa thought that that might be going a bit far because, of course, Moses and Aaron don't kill their snake. Rather, she suggested that it could be something more like bringing the bald eagle in a cage into the Oval Office, and perhaps having it perform a trick or two. The message is clear. Pharaoh, Lord of the Serpent, the great snake among the reeds, the dragon in the water, as Ezekiel calls him, God has you by the tail. And you're as helpless in his hands as a piece of wood is in mine. Credential then involves two levels, the power of magical transformation to take the non-living and make it alive, a different kind of life than it was originally its own, and then the second level is power over serpents. Symbolically speaking, Pharaoh doesn't run Egypt, God runs Egypt, God controls Pharaoh. So the credential is enacted. And then, the magicians, the wise men, the sorcerers, do in like manner with their enchantments. 
Now we don't know how many of these there were. There were, appear to have been two chief ones, Janus and Jambres, as Paul identifies them as the new, in the New Testament. But I would think, based on this description, that we're talking more than two. Pharaoh has a whole department of magic, and his bureaucrats who staff the magic department are all there and ready to come in. And every two-bit government conjurer in Egypt throws down his staff, and it becomes a serpent. Right. Boom! Take that, Moses and Aaron. You say you have power over serpents? So do we. You say you can turn a staff into a snake? So can we. You say you're a servant of Yahweh? Well, we're not servants of Yahweh, and we have the same powers that you do. Therefore, who's to say that you're getting them from Yahweh? The sign is duplicated. Perhaps on quite a massive scale. What do Moses and Aaron do now? Right, this is where the drama comes in. This is where the film directors jazz it up. The text doesn't tell us Moses and Aaron's hearts sank. Or they gasped and said, maybe God isn't real. What do we do when our credential is duplicated? When we say, you know, Christians feed the poor. Countries with higher church attendance have less war and suicide. What if we make such a claim and then somebody comes along and says, well, Norway has lower church attendance and lower suicide than you do. Or your non-Christian soup kitchen here in Gillette feeds more people every day than your church does in a year. What do you mean you feed the poor? There's some other scenario where we present our credential, we love each other, and the world says, we love each other more. How do we respond? Well, we can certainly question, where is our credential? Are we loving each other enough? That's what God gave us, just like he gave Moses and Aaron power to turn the staff into a snake. But it's also fair to ask, is the world's version the real deal? Right? We can ask the center bar, where are your martyrs? Or we can ask the Eagles Club how much they give to each other compared to how much we give to each other. We can test the credentials. But anyway, God vindicates the credentials He offers us. But we need to pursue the right credentials. Right? Our claim to fame, in one sense, is not that we feed the poor that we're better at figuring out government policy, that we are more law-abiding than the world, right? That's not what Jesus said. The church will have fewer fraudsters than the general population. That's how everyone will know, you're my disciples. He didn't say that. Our primary credential is to love each other. 
And if the world tries to duplicate it, we don't say, oh, I guess that's the wrong credential. We double down and say, well, we still need to love each other. God vindicated Moses and Aaron by letting their snake swallow up the others. The Egyptians believed, apparently, that to eat something was to gain its power. So Moses and Aaron's snake clearly has power over the snakes of all the other magicians. Their credential is vindicated. God shows, I'm still in charge. I'm superior here. Now maybe Pharaoh didn't notice as prince of Egypt. That's how the directors took it. The magicians don't even notice that Moses' snake eats up the other snakes. Or maybe Pharaoh does notice, as Cecil B. DeMille put it in the Ten Commandments. Does it matter? No. God vindicated them even if Pharaoh didn't notice. Even if the magicians were oblivious. And if we love each other here in the church, again, we don't need to show love by giving gifts to each other, spending quality time with each other, sharing, affirming words, cards, notes with each other, and then look around and say, oh, did the world see that? Do they believe in the credential more than they used to? Have I proved myself to... You name it. That's really not the issue here. God is offering Pharaoh, he's offering the world the chance to see the credential and believe. But even if they don't, right? the job he gave Moses and Aaron was not prove to Pharaoh that you're really from me. The job was just show your credential and I'll take care of the rest. And that's our job. Whether they're willing to see is not the issue. The issue is whether we're willing to be faithful to God. So Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Maybe he knew that the rod swallowed up the other rods. He really didn't care. Whether he in his own twisted little mind thought, well, see, my Bureau of Magic is just as good as Moses and Aaron. Or whether he thought, wow, Moses and Aaron are more powerful than I thought. The upshot was the same. He said, I won't let the people go. I won't change my mind. I won't soften my heart. I won't listen to God's invitation to accept his mercy. I am Pharaoh. I don't know Yahweh, nor will I let Israel go. But what do we learn about God? Well, we learn about his patience. He keeps inviting Pharaoh long after you and I would give up. This is one who's not open. Let's stop evangelizing him. Let's move on. God doesn't stop. He doesn't give up on Pharaoh. And he also tries our faith by his process of inviting non-believers. 
by sending Moses and Aaron to perform a sign that he knew perfectly well Egypt's magicians could also perform, God was testing Moses and Aaron and saying to them, do you believe that I control this situation? Do you believe in your own credential when the world can apparently present one just as compelling? Do you believe in Christians' love for each other after you've been through four church splits? Meanwhile, you live in a town or a county that's never split. Somehow manages to get along with itself. What's better, the world or the church? Even when the world has the same credential you have or claims they do, Are you willing to trust that God knows what he's doing? This is how they'll know. By your love for one another. It would certainly have made the ordination exams this week a lot more interesting if the exam consisted in their ability to do conjuring tricks. Now throw down the staff. Okay, that snake is big enough. You can become a pastor. That's not a long-term credential. The long-term credential is, do you love each other? Do we love each other as we really are? As annoying as we are, as slow as we are, as sarcastic or clueless as we are, do we love each other? God will vindicate that credential. Don't expect the world to see it right away. Jesus said, you love each other. And then he said, Peter, you'll deny me. Judas, you'll betray me. But because Jesus loved us, because he loved Peter and he loved Judas, we have the power to love one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us. Lord, we can be discouraged about the credential you gave. The lack of love in the church and between individual churches can try our faith. We pray that you would bow down your ear to our request and swiftly send deliverance, be our rock of strength and our fortress to deliver us. For your name's sake, lead us and guide us in the truth. Help us not to neglect our credential, not to turn aside other credentials that the world tells us are more important. Metrics like perhaps feeding the poor or supporting nonprofit charity work here and there or cleaning up our street. Father, help us to focus on the metric you gave, the credential you sent. And if the world seems to duplicate it, Father, don't let us be downhearted. We thank you for showing Pharaoh who you were, for inviting him to repent. And we pray for the hard-hearted little Pharaohs in our nation and around the world who won't repent, even though you keep inviting them. Lord, change their heart. 
Bring them to know you. Bring us to know you. Don't let us grow hard-hearted when we see Christians who don't love each other. Help us not to be those Christians, but to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. We pray this in his name. Amen.